there, family. I didn't see you there. And welcome back to another edition of Crenshaw Corner. As always, I am Sanchez Crenshaw, and I am joined by the most beautiful, the most voluptuous, most vivacious, my BFF, my best friend, the maid Marion to my Robin of Loxley. What the heck? Okay, every time you say it, Robin Hood, Maid Marian, the love of his life. Did he fall? You said, okay, you said. Did you say Robin Hood though? No, his because his his actual name was Robin of Loxley, because he was the <laughs> okay. Loxley was his family. Got it. Yeah, he was yeah, Robin I, of Loxley. Okay, what's going on, family? What is going on? I am Angela Crenshaw, family. What is That's going my wife on? Family. How you guys doing out there? That's welcome, my wife family. welcome, welcome. Oh wow! Oh, was, that was, was hold that it. was that was amazing. I was gonna see if you was gonna stop me. Then I was, like, I was gonna I was gonna let you go. I was gonna see how long you could hold that note. No, sir. I thought we was having a Whitney Houston moment. No, I was gonna see how long you could hold it. Thank you. I want to. Sh- I don't want to tell the family my real vocals. What I could really do. So, so family. What's we, up, everybody? We welcome you for our new family members. We yes. thank you for joining us. However, you found us, whether it was on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify. Whether it's on Google Play Music, whether it's on mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, or if you found us on our own personal website at www.thecrenshawcorner.com, we thank you guys for being thank a part of what so we're doing. Thank you so much, guys. Yes. yes. And for our returning family members. Come, let me snap for the returners. Y'all better return. <laughs> return, honey. Welcome return back, guys. Return of the man. Okay, what was that song about before I sing? Because I've realized Return of the Mac. Oh, what? Okay, who's a Return of the Man then? Uh, Actually, no. There's. Hold on. I think no. No, it's Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. Okay, because I. I think it was a pimp. Lately, I've been listening to songs, and we both have been listening to songs. Yeah, we have realized that we basically been listening to the beat. But not, not really listen to the words. Yeah, because um, so that's this, a problem we've yeah. been dealing with lately. I remember this. Um, I saw this on um, Instagram. I think it was this young lady. She was dancing. She was in her thirties, and she was dancing to the Jagged Edge song. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Girl, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. That one right uh-huh. there. When it's when she's like, um, um, I. Um, I feel a little poke coming through on you, uh-huh. that part. Uh-huh. But we in middle school singing this. Singing it. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And because now that you're older, you listen to it. You're going, yeah. Like, I should we really have been singing that? Like your girl was a Betty Page. Um, Who Betty Page? Baby? Wasn't it Betty Page? The one that was oh, this, this is mommy general. This is the clean up woman. Yeah, the clean up woman. Betty Wright. The Betty Wright. Just saying, she cheat. She, you know what I'm saying? You do what you do, but I'm gonna clean up your mess. Well, I got you. He's you know my what I'm man. Anyway, the, is she the one that also called? Did the song where she didn't, she called a woman and told her she the other woman? Is it? I think. I think so too. <laughs> think or so. the one where I, I just I should love that song. I used to sing it where. As we rain, I know. As we lay. As we lay. As we lay. And I'm singing it like, you we know. We forgot about tomorrow, tomorrow as we lay. lay. You the next chick. You? She was the original side chick. She, woo. So, <laughs> so we realize that it's now morning. we're trying to listen to some <laughs> lyrics, you know. And what made us really, I think what made me really think about it is um, Sanchez got a record player and he and he bought a whole bunch of vinyls. Oh, yes, I did. And Music so, sounds so much better on vinyl. On his vinyls, he turned around and he's like, babe, the words. I forgot that the words. Used to be on it, yeah. On the back of the album. And there were the words. And if you, they need to do that and bring that back. <laughs> bring it back. I don't know if they could because now, like, these yes. mobile rappers, I don't know if they even yeah. saying words. Like, um, like your boy um, Lil Pump. Like, if you Who's put that? Um, if you put the words of his song on something, all it's going to be is, 
Um, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. That's all he said through the whole song. That's nice. I um, mean, he, he may throw a third word in there, but all he said is Gucci is, Gang. I think we should go back to the words on the back. I think back. we should go back to vinyl, period. We should go back to vinyl and words on the back of the album. Yes. That's all I'm saying. But okay, I digress. Go <laughs> it's ahead. okay. Finish your cleanup. Oh, I just had to okay. get it off my chest. Go so, ahead. family, once again, just thank you guys for being thank a part of us. Thank you so much, guys. Um, we consider ourselves an interactive podcast. Simply what that means is that you can find us on the socials. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, yes. all in the Crenshaw Corner. And then you can also email us at thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. Um, once again, the Crenshaw Corner at gmail.com. And family, we just thank you for being a part of what we're doing. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate it. So what's yeah, going on, Sanchez? So bad, I got something on my mind. Get it on your mind. So I want, I want to talk for a second. Okay, go ahead and talk. So have you ever been in a situation where you're, you're somewhere? I'm always somewhere, baby. Yeah, you're always somewhere. And you see this person. Mm-hmm. And you know in your spirit you know this person. Mm-hmm. So you walk up to him. You get closer to him. And then the closer you get to him, you realize, I have no idea who you are. No, it doesn't happen to me like that until I tap them. You you tap them first? I'll be like, hey, what's up? And then they turn around and you realize? Yeah, then it's wrong. Like the time I thought the lady was pregnant in the morning. Well, I, was, I wasn't going to bring that one up. I felt so bad, oh, guys. So I, 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 <laughs> you want to tell it or you want me to tell it? You can tell it because it was not a uh, good moment in my life. So, family, we in, we in the mall. This is before the whole world shut down. This is some years ago. Some years ago, actually, yeah. And we're in the mall. And this wasn't a case where she thought she knew the woman. She actually did know the lady. I worked this, with her. It's this person she worked ago. with a while ago. And we had saw her at the food court and we had walked up on and she, my wife was so happy to I see was so her. So excited to she see her. She was a sweet lady, I guess, and she was so happy to her. And my wife walked up to her and, and rubbed her stomach and no, said, We chatted for, we a, chatted few for minutes, a few moments. Because I was happy to see yeah. her. Yeah. And then my wife rubbed her stomach and asked her, When was the baby due? Oh my God. And plot twist. The lady wasn't pregnant. She was like, girl, I ain't pregnant. It's just my stomach. Oh. So as I walk away and leave my <laughs> wife standing there. I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. She was like, no, girl. Hey, girl, ain't no bit. I am so sorry. So that's what actually made me never touch a woman's stomach again. Never do that. I never. But as a woman, I, I would thought you would know that. Because as a man, I know never do that. Because well, you're a dude. But women, that's what we do. Like, hey, boo. So what I know is never touch a woman's stomach. If she don't tell me she pregnant, I ain't mentioning it. I don't care. She about to go in. I she could be that baby could be kicking in her stomach, and I act like it ain't going on. Never will I put myself in that situation yeah. again because that was a hot mess. And my partner in crime, literally, like he oh, said, I just left her. He walked away. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not being a part of that. I just he left just walked her. Walked away. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-mm. Soon as soon as the lady said that, he just turned around. He looked at me. Yep. And he just left me there to look crazy. I'm not going to be an accessory to that crime. That's all I'm saying. He just left me there. He so, left but, me there. But we've all been there. So we've all mm-hmm. saw someone who resembled someone else, someone we thought we knew. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and, and that is what they call mistaken identity. Okay. Okay. You, you mistake them. You must, mistook them for someone you thought you knew. Uh-huh. And, I mean, and that goes different ways. You can do it as something mundane, as simple as, oh, you're in a store mm-hmm. and you Thought this person resembles someone, or you can take it to the extreme where the cops stop you because you fit the description Should of someone somebody. else. Yeah. Mistaken identity. So I was I was kind of pondering that idea for a while. And I thought about it and I realized that I would say I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a number. I don't have any scientific data to back me up on this, but I think this number sounds about right. Mm-hmm. That 90% of people walking this earth today have a situation of mistaken identity every day. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. Every time they get up, they go into the bathroom, they wash their face, they brush their teeth, they clean out their ears, whatever they're doing, and they look in the mirror 
and the person that's looking back at them is mistaken identity. Mm, got to unpack that. Please. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. You would be amazed at how many people see themselves as either a ti- as simply a title mm-hmm. or someone has said something to them throughout their life. Either they told them that they're not good enough mm-hmm. or they told them they're not smart enough or they told them they don't speak well enough or they, they told them something and it stuck with them. So now every time they look in the mirror, they don't see the true person of who they are. They see that thing that they were told. Or you have, a, or like I said, titles where, and it's not a bad thing, but you have that mother who maybe is a new mom or maybe has more than one child, maybe more than one kid. And every day they look in the mirror and all they see is a mom. Mm-hmm. They, no longer, they no longer see the person they were before they became a mother. Mm-hmm. They only see a mom. Mm-hmm. And every day they have mistaken identity because they don't realize the person they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And it's it's two it's twofold for me. I'm I'm coming at this from two different directions. Where the title itself, people mm-hmm. get caught up in that title and they forget who they are, or the aspect of like I said, because you've been told something. Mm-hmm. You no, know, all your life you've been told something. Like, okay, a little to take it a little home for me. All my life I was told I was my father. Mm-hmm. And I look like my father. I act like my father. All my life I was told that I was my father, my biological father. However, in subsequent conversations, I'm told that my father's no good. Mm-hmm. I'm told how, you know, he's a liar. He's a cheat. Mm-hmm. He's this. He's that. You know, he's not a good person. He's not a good dude. He's not this. He's not that. But I've been told that I'm him. Mm-hmm. So my identity was wrapped up in not being a good person because I've my, all my life I've been told that I'm this thing. That makes sense. But the, here's the yes, it makes sense. But here's the thing: when you say that too, I don't. I think that it's not even what people are saying to you. Right, it's what you say to yourself. Okay. Right? But was it my Angelou? Whoever it was was like, what is what matters is what you answer to. Okay. You see what I'm saying? That sounds like a my Angelou quote. And I'm I'm hoping it's her. Um, and I think what happens is we're we when once we call those names or identify with those things. They become our truth. You know, they become our reality because of what we're saying to ourselves. So it's no longer what they have said. And, of course, it plays in our ear. But now it's really what we're saying to ourselves. I always say that what we what's crazy is that people not doing us harm. We're doing harm. You know? So that's it. Oh, you found it. Actually, uh, we apologize to um, the wonderful Miss Angela. Um, I have found this quote. It doesn't appear to be her. The first person that comes up when I put in that particular saying is actually W.C. Fields, Mm -hmm. where it says, it ain't what they call you, it's what you answer to. Yeah. So it's actually W.C. Fields. Yeah, and I think that that's a lot of times that people tell us stuff like you said, that you act like your mom or you, I mean, your dad, or you act a certain type of way. And then you took that on and that's what you started calling yourself. Yeah. I think so, that's, that's the dangerous, that's yeah. the danger part more so of what you call and how you handle yourself. And also it's cause it's a, it's a couple of different facets from this, that angles that we can come from, mm-hmm. because I have a question for you when it comes to that, mm-hmm. because, and you may correct me, but I've been in your life for 20 years. So I've been in your life. You've been on, you know, a good long time, mm-hmm. you know? And I've seen you do that. I've seen you have mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you, and it's one particular situation that comes to mind when I think about that. Mm-hmm. You're a brilliant person. I mean, it, it's aggravating sometimes 
because you're a person that has to be right. Mm-hmm. But 99.9% of the time, it's because you are. Mm-hmm. The way you look at things, you think out the box a lot of the times. You think unconventionally. I'm weird. It's not that you're weird. You're just a different, you're a different thinker, mm-hmm. which the world needs. But I've seen you because you've been told different things about you, about yourself and how you think or who you are as a person. I've seen you dim your light in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I've seen you not, even though you know the answer, not answer the question. Or I've seen you allow somebody else to almost throw shade on your light to to brighten theirs. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you do that. I'm curious why. I mean, you don't do it as much as you used to. But you had that you had that time in your life where, you know, even though you knew you were this bright light, you dimmed it. And I'm curious to why. I don't I won't say that I dimmed it per se. I just think that and it may seem dim. Most people might go look Angela was dimming. If someone's trying so hard to debate with me about something and want to be right about something or they want to throw shade, I just let them. It doesn't bother me. Right. I step in the background because see, I don't care like that. You know what I'm saying? I know who I am. I know who I am, what I can do, and what I know. So if that makes them feel better, knock yourself out. Right. I, I don't have the that's, – that's putting too much energy for me personally to have to do that. So when someone – call this up trying to dim my light or whatever. And there are times where I know the answer. Um, I know that I'm right, but I just won't say anything. Or I, like you said, I'll let them throw me shade or whatever. And I'll let them have it. Cause I don't believe that every, everything needs a response. Gotcha. Right. Everything doesn't have to be combative, combative. I don't, you know, good, bad. And, and we talked about this before because you know, when you, when you, cause it bothered you a lot that I used to do yeah. that. And I'm like, baby, I guess today she just needed to shine. Let her shine. I don't have to shine. I, I, but I believe in my life, and we, t- you know, we tell our kids the same thing: stand in your own stuff. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't have to make anybody look bad or good. Stand in your own stuff and just shine. That's it. You don't have to do nothing extra. You know, we've had these conversations where you walk in the room because you're, you're a beautiful man, you're tall, you're a big guy. Automatically, men are automatically size you up. You see what yeah, I'm saying? I'm so they look you up and down like, if I got to take this dude can out, I take him? can I take him? Yeah. You know? And, you know, and, and the crazy part about it, you're so quiet. You don't even come, you don't come in the room talking. You actually come in the room and go sit down somewhere. But, so for you, it's not, I don't need to put my chest out. I don't need to, I see you never trying to put your chest out or trying to be the dude talking the most when all your friends are talking. I see you in the back because Sooner or later, someone's going to ask your opinion. You right. know what I'm saying? And you normally don't speak unless you have something to say. You see what I'm saying? I don't like idle chit chat. Right. You don't like it. And for me, I don't have I don't I don't have time to try to be. I don't even put myself in the spotlight. I don't do stuff like that. But if someone asks me something, I'm going to answer it to, to the best of my ability, and, I, and I'm going I'm going to be who I am. But there are times, like you said, that I'm dimming it. Because I'd be like, do I want to say something this time? Right. Like, I literally have to sit there and debate with myself because I always feel like I have something to say. So I think that's where you feel like I'm dimming my light because I'd be like, not today. Let her have that. No. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. The the crazy part is that, like, you say you don't want to put yourself in the spotlight. But because of the person you are, you constantly walk around in a spotlight. Yep. So because the, yeah, because of the person that. you are, you constantly walk around in the spotlight. Now, also, that's why I let people have their shine. Yeah. I ain't gonna. I'm not for. I'm not forcing anything. I just want to. I just want to love myself, be myself, stand on what I know. And if somebody around me want to be act like they, I'm like, go for it. I'm not. One thing I've appreciated about both of us, we're not those kind of people. 
you know, we just want to have a good time. We want to have yeah. fun. We want to bug out. But I do. But I, what I can say to you about it is how I got there, and was when I was younger and I was in school and I was always an A student. And I did very well in school or whatever. But every after a while with me raising my hands, kids would have an answer like, of course, she, you know, because you can hear them. Yeah. Well, she got the answer. Here she go again. She always got something to say. She swears she's so smart. So as I got older, um, I was like, okay, you know, maybe I am. I questioned myself. Like I said before, I have to talk to myself into saying something or talk to myself into communicating what I know. You know, because that, that like I said, when you said earlier, those things that was told to you way yeah. before. So you kind of played them in your head, but it wasn't that anybody was doing anything to me. I was doing it to myself by dimming my own light, by saying, don't say nothing because they're going to be like, here you go again. And like those things that I heard, which kept me like per se, what you say, like maybe dimming my light or not communicating. Sometimes I just sit and look at people because I'm like, if this is what you want, baby, you can have it. I'm not out here. Debating and fighting you over nothing. Yeah, you know, you um, you kind of hit on the head. You asked me a question earlier. It was off. It was offline. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you said, family. If you've listened to us at any point in time, you know, we really don't discuss a topic ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, because we want our conversation to be as authentic as possible. So we don't pre-plan. We a lot of the times we don't even know what topic the other person doesn't even know what topic we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Until it's brought up when the microphones come on. But you asked me a question earlier when I said I wanted to do identity. And you said, well, what is it about this topic you want to do? Mm -hmm. And I really didn't give you a a proper answer. The reason I I wanted to touch on identity is because I'm one of the, and I'm not the only one. A lot of people go through this. But growing up, I always had to defend my identity. I I always had to answer for who I was. And it's because growing up, you know, I grew up in a, in a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, growing up in a predominantly black neighborhood, um, very I'm, I'm darker now than I was when I was a child, but I was very fair skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had like really curly hair. So people have, al- people have always wondered, they've always hit me with that question, mm-hmm. what are you? You mm-hmm. know, I've always had to answer that question all my life, what are you? And I've always been, I've never been a, I use slang. But it's never been a predominant part of my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I've always spoken. You know, I always I love words. I've always used words when I spoke. Mm-hmm. So I've always was hit with that. You know, why do you talk white? Mm-hmm. You know, why do you act white? Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, you know, because I've always been that person. I've always been in the sci fi. You know, I've always been in the Star Trek and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always gr- growing up, you know. One of my stations that I had preset in my radio mm. was an oldie station mm-hmm. listening to like um, Earth Angel, mm-hmm. you know, songs like that, songs from the 50s and the 60s growing up. So I've always had this eclectic taste in music. You do. And I've always, and so when I'm talking to my friends and I'm talking about stuff, you know, I'm talking about stuff that they either don't want to know about, don't understand, you know, so I've always, and I've always had to defend. Mm-hmm. myself and who I was mm-hmm. and for me that's always kind of played a part in me not really understanding who I am mm-hmm. and always kind of questioning who I was and who I am mm-hmm. because I've always found myself having to be a chameleon mm-hmm. because it was always a situation where because I didn't want to go through it I didn't want to go through the tease and I didn't want to go through the questioning 
I just wanted, I was a kid, I just wanted to fit in. So I changed the dynamic of who I was. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've always been that person that I could fit into whatever situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in a boardroom, I can fit in and have a conversation in a boardroom. Mm-hmm. If I'm at church, I can fit in and have a conversation with mm-hmm. the church. If I'm on a street corner, I can fit in and have a conversation on a street corner. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's never allowed me to truly define who I am. You know? I but I don't think that it has to. I think you're all of those things. I think that you, I think, because I, my personal opinion when it comes to identity is the foundation of who you are does not change. Okay. Now, what you want to build upon that foundation, that's on you. If you want, if you want to build your house or your foundation and you want to put up cheap wood and all this other stuff, you can do that. Right. Or you can take your time and get what the kind of wood that's need to build your house, if that makes sense, right? And I think what happens is we have, like I said earlier, my foundation, I know who I am. Right. But I decide to grab hold of the cheap plywood for my house and believe, oh, don't say nothing because you're going to act like you know it all. Oh, don't answer because they're, go- they're probably going to be like, here she go again. Worrying about what people going to think and consider. But the foundation of me never changed. The foundation of you has never changed. What we've added on is what has changed because we've added some things on and we've taken some things out. And I think that what happens is that we're so busy trying to pick something. You know, like a lot of people, it's the craziest thing, Dr. Miles Monroe talked about it. There's so many people asking God what is their purpose and so busy looking for their purpose for living mm-hmm. that they're not living. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so you walk around going, God, what's my purpose? And your very purpose, you could be doing every single day, but you think that it should be more. And I think we, I, when it comes to identity, especially mistaken identity, because we choose to say this way I am right now, mm, I'm not that person, I'm this person. So now it's like you're always on the hunt for something when in actuality the foundation of you is just who you are, you're articulate, you're quirky, you're sci-fi. Now, you and your daughter say, so are you nerdy or the, what's, what is it? No, my uh, our daughter, she's a nerd. And you a what? I'm a geek. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, so, and it's it's a difference. It's, Bo- both intelligence, but it's more, your nerdy is it's going to be your book smarts. Right. Your geek is going to be more mm-hmm. your sci-fi, mm-hmm. your pop culture knowledge. They're still smart. They're just smart in a different way. way. And that's you. You, 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 all of those things. And if anybody has listened to this podcast long enough, know every Star Trek movie. You, you ask him, he got it for you. He don't care. He, he loves it. But I think that that's all of who you are. And I think embracing that, you know, because people. I think what happens is like I think one thing you said is like you were different. So people, when people, when something is different, and they can't identify it as their own. Right. They want to tear it down. They want to make you feel bad about it. You know what I'm saying? And so I think. The core of who you are, I think you wouldn't be who you are if you weren't all those things. I don't think that you go into the boardroom and know how to handle the boardroom. It's just that you're articulate speaking, you're smart. You see what I'm saying? Like, So I don't think you change who you are because that would be weird to me if you said you change who you are. That means you win a thousand masks. And I only say that, and I only do I say that to you, because some people do, is because I have talked to every coworker you've ever worked with. Right. And everybody told me the same thing. He don't talk. <laughs> he don't talk. And every time you go to his desk, you think he quit because he has nothing on his desk. Or they say, I'm so glad to meet you. I've never seen a picture of you because he doesn't talk. But if you need him, you need help. You need somebody that's going to walk you through something. He's your guy. And that's every single job you've ever worked at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
I don't, I don't, I don't, the identity thing trips me out because we get caught up. Yeah, and I think that's what happens. And like a lot of people, because we, what happens with a lot of people is that you take a title mm-hmm. and make it your identity mm-hmm. and True. not realizing that your title does not identify who you are. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, you know, whether it's husband, wife, brother, whatever it is, boss, worker, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we allow those titles and we get it mistaken for our identity. Mm-hmm. And I've been caught up in that because, you know, the one thing that this season of furlough has, has taught me, um, I always knew this, but it kind of came back to me during this time that mm-hmm. I've been furloughed, mm-hmm. is that my identity is caught up in my work. Yep. Because if, if yep. I yeah, yep. if, if yep. I'm not working, it's, it's, you're depressed. I don't know what to do with myself. You almost borderline gets depressed. I do. Now, is that because you identify as to be a man, you have to work and you have to take care of your family? What's that? Yeah, even, and the crazy part, even though while I've been on furlough, we financially we haven't missed a beat. Um, thank the Lord. Yeah, and that's a, that's a say, God thank you, thing. Jesus. That that's has God. nothing to do with me. That that's has nothing to do with you. Thing. Thank you, that's Lord. That's a God thing. Actually, you know, doing and when I said I'm not saying this to brag and please don't think me braggadocious, but we're actually financially we're better off come you know coming out of the furlough coming out of this time mm-hmm. of COVID than we were going in. Absolutely, I believe that. You know, and once I know again, that to be true. Yeah, and that's a God thing. That but a God thing. with that being said. The moment, the moment I got told mm-hmm. that you know, well, this is gonna, this is gonna be your last day until this particular mm-hmm. time. I didn't. My whole world stopped. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do because if I'm not a, if I'm not a, and it, not even so much as a manager because you know it's just you work hard and everybody else is a manager. I don't care mm-hmm. what nobody tell you. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just I'm not a worker anymore. I'm not working. Mm-hmm. And for so long, my identity has been caught up in I'm a worker. Mm-hmm. I work. If I don't do anything else, mm-hmm. if you can't say anything else about Sanchez, you can say he's a hard, he's worker. A hard worker. You know, and now if you take that away from me, yeah, who am I? I think that uh, Pop, our dad, um, worked for Transit in New York City for years before he passed away. It seemed like it was six to eight years. <laughs> it seemed like it. it. seemed like he was one of the original, original people yes. to start transit. And he identified himself only towards his job. That was it. That was it. And and we know that for sure because everywhere he went, he wore his, his, trans, his uniform. trans uniform. He stopped wearing clothes. Even on his day off, if he went somewhere, he may not wear the whole sweater, shirt, whatever, a tie, but he was going to wear them pants, yeah. them shiny shoes because he spit shine them shoes. Oh, yeah. And he going to wear that trans, transit short shirt and he was going to have his, his transit keys. keys because he said- I can go to the bathroom anywhere, anywhere in New York. In New York because he had the keys, <laughs> the master key to any restaurant, but he kind of like, that was his identity. Um, and, Pop wore his transit uniform- to, to my Helen's funeral. To his mama's funeral, y'all. <laughs> the complete sweater, tie, shirt, and was he was off that day. Of course, it's his mother's funeral. He was off, but that was his identity. And what happened was when he moved here and when Transit said he could no longer work because he was sick and he had to move here. He had no idea who he, had he was knew, He didn't know who he was, and he became very depressed. And I really believe, you know, he was sick anyway. He was, kind of, he was sick, but not to the point that he should have passed away. Yeah. And I think that when they retired him early... His identity was lost. He and, didn't know who he was. And then when the doctor said he could no longer drive, that means he couldn't drive mommy around, and they couldn't go to the store, and they only always had to get someone to drive them somewhere. That was a part of his being excited that he could drive his wife wherever 
she wanted to go. I think that's where he lost his identity, and I think that's where his heart was broken, and I think that's where a lot of depression came in. Besides, you know, the, the blood pressure, yeah. the hot, you know, all those and, other things. And I can see that. You know, I, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I can honestly relate to that because when I'm, that's how I felt. Mm, you know, wow. when I wasn't working, wow. you know, or not working, even though it had nothing to do with me, it was no fault of my own. Right. You know, I blame me for not working. Wow. I blame me for not being able to work, not being able to, you know, be that person. Right. Because, and I think a lot of people get tied up in that, you know, because I've actually, I don't know if I've ever truly had a conversation about my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, not my sexuality, not my race, mm-hmm. not my titles. Right. But my identity, mm-hmm. who who am I? Strip away. One thing my boss always say, mm-hmm. um, strip away everything else and just mm-hmm. get down to the, the bare essence of it. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever been able to do that, just to strip everything else away. So you couldn't do an elevator conversation real quick of who you are? I don't, even the crazy part, even though I do that all the time to people, I don't know if I could do it myself. Because that was, that was a question I was going to ask you. I noticed that... Um, because I've been in interviews before, and I've been interviewed, of course, um, that when people ask, tell us a little bit about yourself, they they automatically go into the titles. I'm a mom of four. Yeah. I'm a wife of 30 years. Um, I'm this, 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 but not the core essence of the foundation of who they are. To though. the point, um, because part of my job is interviewing, mm-hmm. um, To the, it, it was so bad that I would start with, don't tell me your title. Don't tell me you're a mother. Don't tell me you're a father. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me you got kids. Don't tell me any of that. Mm-hmm. Tell me who you are. Right. And for like 30 to 45 seconds, people just give me that awkward smile mm-hmm. and a blank stare. Right. Because they can't answer the question. Because I believe that the 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 who I am and the titles, like you said earlier, are all entwined together. And so, and one kind of takes over the other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Motherhood takes over. Fatherhood takes over. Employee takes over. Grandmother takes over. Those things, whatever those titles are for you, they take over the essence of who you are if you're not careful. Again, at the core of who you are, that doesn't change. But it's so much stuff that you put on top of it that that that's what took away from who you really are. You know, And I think that's where we, we make a lot of mistakes at. I wonder how many people can actually answer that question of, of, because you said it so many times, and every time you said it, it's like a, a aha moment for mm-hmm. me because I don't even know if I could truly answer it. Mm-hmm. What? Who is your core? My who are you know the question of who are you at your core? core. Yeah, strip I away everything. I know you can, but strip away everything because God forbid. What happens if you lose that? Because for the people who are caught up in their titles, mm-hmm. whether it's wife, work, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, business owner, whatever, whatever. Right. What happens if you lose that title? Mm-hmm. What happens if, God forbid, the marriage ends? What mm-hmm. happens if you have to close your business? Mm-hmm. Um, I never wish this on anybody, but what if your entire identity is wrapped up in a mother, but for whatever reason you lose your child? Yeah. You know, and, and not wishing on anybody, so please don't take it that way. But what happens if that title goes away? Then what are you? Yeah. That's where you... For me, if when somebody asks me, because I was a person, they would be like, tell me a little about yourself. Well, I have three beautiful boys, one daughter, an incredible husband. You know, that's the, the norm. Right. Then I had to learn that, no, 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 no. They're talking about me outside of that. 
Because what I'm telling that I am would be more of a dist- a reason not to hire me. Mm-hmm. Than t- to be honest, and I'm being honest, what I'm giving you right now would be more for you not to hire me than hire me. Because now they're thinking in mind, you got four kids, okay, and a husband. And you know, like, so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, she's going to need time off. Like, things that the normal things that we say, especially when it comes to identity, and we say to people in an interview, sometimes you don't get called back just for those things and tell, instead of telling them. And I know you know this because you've yeah. been doing this for years. Over what? 15, 12, 15 years you've been? I've been, no, I've been in management for 15, over 15, yeah, over 15 years. So you do this all the time, so you yeah. know that some of those things can be like, nah, she don't know who she is. How, especially if you say, what do you have to bring? To, oh, I used to hate that question. I, that's one of my what favorite questions. What do you have to bring yeah. to the table to, to this job? Ugh. To, to, I know. Ugh. I know, I know <laughs> rabbit hole. But two of my favorite questions that mm-hmm. I always ask mm-hmm. all my interviewees, uh-huh. interviewees, I ask them, what do you what do you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And I ask them, and I tell them, I have a lot of people applying for this position. Out of all the resumes I have and all the, all the people I have to choose from, why should I choose you? And that's why I begin to roll my eyes. <laughs> Internally, there's a rolling of the eye. Eternally, I am rolling my eyes. Because now what you're asking me is not to identify myself with anything but me. Right. It's kind of like we, we talk about all the time, like, Going into being an entrepreneur, which is the direction that we're going in. Trying to. And not Definitely. working for corporate America, yeah. right? They don't don't know when it can happen. I would say this more so meeting you. Right. You love corporate America. I don't know why. Um, I don't. And But the goal is when you're going in, a lot of people stay in corporate America because if the business fails, guess what? There's no bearing on you. There's no bearing on their name. They can get unemployment. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it is easy. But when you're going right. out on your own... Everything falls on you. Everything's on you. The, 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 if the customers, everything falls on you, and a lot of people don't want to go through that, even though they know they should be entrepreneurs. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I would go in the same way. I'm a mother. I'm this and that. And then I had to learn, like, okay, so who are you? And that's when I began to talk about myself. But that took a long time. And when I, I, I identify myself as, first of all, a success coach, a health coach, um, a motivational speaker, you know, um, a woman that likes to get things done, you know, a woman of honor and integrity, you know, that. So, but this is the crazy part. Because when I do that on an interview, the person who they're interviewing me, they give me 45 seconds just staring at me because the expectation is the normal. You, you assume it's the normal yeah. of saying, I'm a mother, I'm this, I'm that. And they are, because they've already wrote down, that's the answers that everybody's going to get. Yeah. So when I come in with something totally different, it's like, okay. You know, so I think how do we, I think it's difficult not to identify with the thing that you're doing. How did, how did you get there? I want you, because I'm curious because, and I, I do this a lot on a podcast and I don't know if I've ever, t- I think I have mm-hmm. told, you, told you personally, but I truly do admire you as a person. Thank you, babe. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't say that for views. I just don't say that because we're on a podcast and I want people to say, mm-hmm. oh, he's a good man. No, no, no. I don't care about that. Truly, because there's a there's a lot of great things about you, and there's a lot of things that you as a person that I'm not built that way, mm-hmm. you know. And I admire who you are and the confidence you have in yourself. So I'm curious, how did you get there? As far as as far as because I've asked you about your joy and how do you get there, we've had mm-hmm. that conversation before. But I'm talking about just as far as identifying identification and, mm-hmm. and just and just knowing who you are. 
not the titles that you walk, you mm-hmm. carry, you know, not that, but just who Angela Denise Crenshaw is at her core. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? And I'm sorry, I put your whole government name out there. I apologize. Sure? Good gracious. Um, you and the kids. What do you mean? You and the, listen. That whole I'm somebody mother title. Hear me roar. Right. The four kids we got, they broke that. <laughs> they they broke it. They 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 broke it. They was like, We're not playing with you. Go get you a life, mommy. Go be with dad. Do whatever you guys need to do, but could you stay out of my business? Can and 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 no matter how I tried to be a hovering mother, and right. they taught me that that didn't work for them. So we had to learn both, and you know this. Yeah. We had to learn to go from cheerleaders, you know, cheering for them when they're younger. Yay, rah rah, shit's kumbaya, and they let us do it when they were younger. We were their cheerleaders. We we're gonna cheer all day. They were okay with that. Then we had to go be. Like their advice, then we had to go from that straight to advisors. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now we're in a role where we all we could advise because they don't. Our kids don't care. They broke me. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't we do don't have kids that care. Like, yeah, okay, whatever, mom. But this is what I'm doing. Okay, dad. Yeah, whatever. This is what I'm doing. And they kind of broke. So they were breaking away from me so fast, like they was in jail. Right. That before I could get comfortable, because the, the age group that they're all in, before I could get comfortable in motherhood, motherhood per se, whatever that's supposed to be. Because I don't know. Because we try to do the best we can at the time that we try to do it, you know? Um, they broke me. So it was like, bye, 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 bye. And by that time, it was either have something for myself, for me, or don't. You broke me when I stayed home for two years and you were working. And the kids were in school and they were doing their thing. Right. And I would sit home and it ain't that much clean in a house <laughs> in America, seriously. But I, the goal was for me to stay home and do my very best to create a business for us that I didn't do. I right. regret that to the if nothing else I regret I regret the two free years that you gave me to do that and I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Um but when the kids are gone and the husband is gone and you a stay home mama with no stay with home no stay kids. Cuz I was a stay home Girl, why you stay home when you ain't got not nip, no kids? And then I don't do their laundry. They do their like the things that a mom would do to stay home for. Yeah, all our kids are self sufficient. Self sufficient. Yeah. So it made me and realize yeah. who the heck are you? Because right now you just a chick sitting in the house. You know, not taking around anybody else. That's what they want to do. And that's when I had to learn who am I? Because the realization was the kids were leaving. They were getting older and they were leaving. And then it's just going to be me and you. And I don't have a problem with being me and you. But if I'm going to just be here. I'm not going to be at your job sitting down with you. I'm not going to work with you. Right. I'm not. I'm not at every move you make because at that time you was working late hours, double shifts, coming home, going back to work, and all that. And I was just here, so I had to go. Okay, God has blessed me with this time right now to find out who I am, and carve something for myself. So when actually when every kid move out like they did, mm-hmm. right? When you go to work like you did, and whether I and I did, I did go back to corporate America after those two years. I had enough of all of you Negroes, <laughs> um, and I went back to work because I felt like I didn't like you said. I didn't, my my title of mom, I felt like it had been taken away because I had no kids in the home. Not that they have kids, right. the title of wife and what you needed. That job didn't happen until six or seven o'clock at night because that's when you would come home. You know, so I got from the time from eight o'clock in the morning to six or seven o'clock at night. I need to go find myself. Find gotcha. something that's going to bring me joy gonna, and make sure I know who I am. So as these times are changing for me, I don't be bitter, angry, mad, uh, being in my kids' business, you know, because I ain't got my own business 
or talking you to death when I first started doing when you when we first started doing this, you used to come through the door and I would talk to you. But if you didn't, couldn't make it to the room, I was telling you everything. I couldn't make it through the door. And you usually would come home and the whole house was changed and rearranged every day. Every day, you know, and then there was the the boxes coming to the door because I was ordering stuff every day. Every day, you know. So I had to. That's how I began to. This was years ago, but find out who I was because. Everything that I knew to be that title thing you talking about because right. I didn't balance it, well, it was crippling me. Does that make, does that make no, sense? No, it makes sense, but I, I want to follow up on that real quick mm-hmm. um, because I know you and I have different backgrounds, but similar backgrounds as far as like childhood and everything because um, I know you went through a lot of that growing up as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um you being what? different, quote unquote, different mm-hmm. than everyone else, mm-hmm. and them telling you, and them blatantly telling you how wrong you are yeah. for being so different. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? How did you deal with everyone around you telling you how different you are, how wrong you are for being different, and not losing your identity through that? They either said I was different, or I was mean, or I was angry. There was always something. Right. right? You were always something. I was always something. Right. I embraced all of that. That kept people away from me, if that makes sense. Okay. I didn't, especially like family members, they was like, ooh, she's a little angry little black child, you know. Right. Ooh, girl, don't go messing with her because her mouth, you know what I'm saying? So it kept people away and off of me. I don't know if that was a good thing, but that was my own protection. Okay. You know, or or telling me like, oh, she's loud, or all these things that people would tell me, but those very things that they was talking about me kept them away from me. I don't know any of that. I just said it made sense, but it kept no, it them away sense. from me, and that was that was sacred ground for me. I know how to get you get you up off me, or get you not talking about me. Or if you did say something when I got through with my mouth or beating you up, you were not going to communicate that again. And it didn't matter if it was my aunt, my uncles, my cousins, grandmama, granddaddy. I was just that human being, and I learned a very young age because the relationship that my parents had when they had me, both being alcoholics, right. you know, they fought physically, fought. I always had to find a way to be in tune to myself because because of who they were, I was always at my, I stayed at my cousins in them house for a while or I stayed at some, another relative's house. And, and so everybody always had something to say, you know, because my parents were alcoholics and they were not. So they always had me someplace with somebody, you know? And so I had to carve my niche because we're like, you just, your parents are alcoholics and you just here and you ain't got this and you ain't got that. And so at a very young age, I protect myself at all costs. And then so, and I knew who I was and I stood my ground that you weren't going to hurt me or disrespect me at a very young age. And sometimes I always think, thought that I made that up. But then when I talked to my mom and she's like, no, mm-hmm, very much so. Because even she told you, you know, when she was in the street drinking, I was very young. I was taking care of her. Yeah. I was washing her up. I was trying to cook. I almost try- burned the house almost down. Almost burned the house down, trying to make sure that dinner was done before my dad came home, trying to clean her up so she wouldn't look like she had been drunk all day. Trying to- And as a little girl, so I think I felt like since nobody was protecting me, my identity was to protect myself. I was my own protector. Right. And even as an adult, even as an adult now, there are some times where you I still fall into, I still fall into that. I'm my own protector. No yeah. one's gonna- and I love you. Nothing that taking anything away from me and you know that already because we've had this conversation before about how I feel about protection but there's something in me that rises up in me that I got to protect my own self Yeah, you know and I think so it's always been because so many people came at me and there was nobody going leave her alone stop quit don't bother her I me, it was me and God seriously and I was taught handle your business and it did not matter really 
and I, I feel bad for my grandparents and stuff like that how when I was younger, but it did not matter. What was the one thing that was said to you growing up um, in that vein that hurt you the most? My mother calling me Little Black Sambo. Little Black Sambo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Called me Little Black Sambo. And she would say it all the time, like, Little Black Sambo. And I, and I never knew what that was, so I looked it up. Right. You know, and it was like, the black is of the black or whatever, you know. And, um... Which was crazy because you and mommy's complexion is pretty much the same. No, she's a little bit lighter. Not much. Yeah, but to listen to her, I'm the black of the black. Yeah, I you know. know. And 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 most of my relatives, I am the, the darker. darker. Yeah. And my children are the darker. Yeah. Out of my family, you've seen them all. We're 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 the darker side. Right. You know. And so and again, it was her drinking days or whatever. But I think that was so hurtful because looking at a little black sambo, I'm looking like. Not that it's unattractive, but it's not attractive, and it's I, I can't. Y'all would just have to go look it you would up. Have to, yeah, you would have to. You go would look have it to, up. to look but, it up to understand and that. I think that's what. what and then understand the significance of actually Sambo. Yeah, but her saying that to me is what fortified me again, and what I was going through with them to protect myself. Yeah, and her words are going to hurt, but I say by myself for a very long time. And I learned how to hurt you first with my mouth. And some days I have to correct myself now because I can do it now. Attack first. Attack first, you know. And attack you before you attack yeah, me. Yeah, and my mouth is. Yeah. And I, I love God. Trust me, I know. I love God. Yeah. You know, I love God, but I taught myself how to kill you with my mouth. Yeah. I literally taught myself how to destroy you with my mouth, not knowing that God would use the same mouth and the same voice to heal. To heal people yeah. and to help people and to encourage people and to pray for people. Never knew that, that would happen, but that that was what it, what it was. So what was the one thing that hurt you? Was it Because I know you say this. I don't know if that's the only thing. I know you say because your mom said you were just like your dad, and then she would say your dad wasn't nothing. But what was the one thing for you that kind of... Growing up, the one thing that always stuck with me mm-hmm. was... People really felt the need to question my blackness. I wasn't black enough. Mm-hmm. And people really felt the need to question that. Mm-hmm. It's like, because, and it's not much different now, but you have to be a certain way to be considered black. Mm-hmm. You have to, there's a certain way of life you have to live, a certain way you have to talk, a certain uh, way you have to carry yourself to be black. And if mm-hmm. you don't, if you don't fall in this box, then you're not black enough. You're not black. Our favorite line, we're going to take your black card. Yeah, that's our favorite line. We're going to take your black card. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I had to deal with that all my life. Mm -hmm. And people really questioning my blackness and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, people really flat out told me, you're not black enough. I actually had this person look me in my face and told me, you're not black. Mm -hmm. I want, then what am I then? If I'm not black, what am I? Mm -hmm. And that's something I've always had to deal with. Mm -hmm. I've always had the people questioning my blackness or questioning, you know, the favorite line, you know, which one of your parents are white. None of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, none of them. Right. My father's very fair skinned, but he's not Caucasian, right, right, right. you know. And so just and that's all that always stuck with me because I was always in limbo mm-hmm. because I was always in limbo where within my own culture, I wasn't enough for them. But I was enough of them for the for the for the white culture. So I was I was too white for black people, but too black for white people. So how did you get here? So how do you cope now? Because now, now I don't care. Why? Now, how did you get here? How did I got here? I got here the long way. Mm-hmm. I got here through anger. Mm-hmm. So where you 
got there through protection and and fortifying yourself and who you were. Mm-hmm. I got I came the back way around for me, and I did anger, mm-hmm. and I just stayed mad a very long time. Which mm-hmm. my one of my favorite lines. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. You know, when Avengers, when Bruce Banner had turned into Hulk, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, and Cap asked him, how do you control it? Mm-hmm. He was like, because I'm always angry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how he learned how to control Hulk, because he was always angry. Mm-hmm. And that was me. I was always angry. I always stayed mad. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I just did not want to defend myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want to explain my blackness to people. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to explain my taste in music. I didn't want to explain why I like the things I like. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to explain it anymore. Right. It's to, I got to the point where it's just really none of your damn business. Mm-hmm. I listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I enjoy the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to Nirvana. I listen to Queen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, these are the things. This is the type of music I listen to and I like. Mm-hmm. I, it's not a lot of rap music I do like. And the, the rap music I do like is the old school rap music. Mm-hmm. You know, I go as far as about the Fugees as far as mm-hmm. this new rap music. Mm-hmm. You know, after the Fugees, that's about it for me. Right. You know, but I got, I, I enjoy art. I like going to art shows. I, lo- I love the opera. Mm-hmm. You know, I love musicals. Well, hard, but go ahead. You know, I do. You know, I love musicals. I love opera. Mm-hmm. I, I love these things. Mm-hmm. And I just got to the point where I did not want to defend it anymore. And if you, if you accepted me, cool. If you don't, the hell with you and move on. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I came there. And then once I got out of the anger, I went from anger to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like, kid, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like every, you're not like a lot of people, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just different. Mm-hmm. You're cut from a different cloth. And it's okay. But I think people chase their identity for so long. And they 30, 40, 50 years old still trying to chase their identity and their purpose. Yeah. You know, and I think that you also, when it comes to identity, I think that people um, also have a tendency to identify with things that they really are not. That's the flip side, you know, like, like identify, I identify with this or I identify with this and, and this is who I am, you know, never looking for the essence, but kind of like grabbing hold. Like if I like what you say you are, right. Guess what I am. I'm gonna do that now. I'm too. gonna do that now. Yeah. You know, like if I you 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 a Christian? Yeah, I'm gonna be a Christian. I'm now a too. Christian too. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying yeah. you Jewish. I'm, I'm, I'm a Jewish Jew now. too. You know. You believe in the trees. I believe, I believe in the, the trees, trees too. Right. And so yeah. because they so be trying to find the identity, they they got kind of like grab hold to anything that they can hold on to. You know what also helped me with that though? Mm-hmm. Kind of like you, um, my two youngest, my two youngest kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even understand. Yeah. Our kids is something and else. It's because, they breaking down doors. Yeah, and it's simply because they are, my two youngest are more like me than you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talk about our youngest son um, a lot on this program. Um, and actually, he was a guest on this program. So if you have not listened, go back and listen to Dave the bonus Brown. episode we did um, entitled uh, Father's Perspective. Yeah. Um, go back and listen to it. It's a really great episode. But he's the type of person, and so is our daughter, where they don't they don't check a lot of boxes. Mm-mm. They don't fit a lot of molds. Mm-mm. They're very 
eclectic. They're very different. Yes, they in are. how they operate and how they, they do things and how they think. Mm-hmm. And they and it's and it's honest to them. And it's how they've always been. They're honest people. Yeah, and I themselves. wanted and I had to make sure that they were okay in that mm-hmm. because I knew what they were going to be facing. Yeah, I knew that they were going to be facing the questions of. You know, what are you or why do you like this stuff mm-hmm. or people questioning, you know, their identity of who they are. Yeah. And I had to make sure they were OK. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I knew there were some lessons that I had to teach them mm-hmm. because there were some things that they were going to go through. I had to bend down that road. And they don't personally care. They're not changing who they are. For yeah. Anybody it does not matter what you think, their size, their thought, their mind or anything else. Um, one of our listeners reached out to me and was like, so tell me who son is he you know and i'm like our son and she was laughing she was like day he's the most coolest calmest like she was like i listened to the podcast with him and i felt like i should just be walking with some trees <laughs> like he like his that. voice is so calming and he's, he does ju- that. he's just that way and 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 without daughter she is just very much she she want to be bothered when she want to be bothered and she don't she don't she she likes she's a tall girl she likes her size she likes her body image she yeah. loves all of it and she even wears high heels when tall girls shouldn't because she want to be even taller she loves she loves herself yeah. and I, and she's a and she's a redhead she's light skin freckles and a redhead and so she gets so much she flat. looks like a, i mean when i say so this, much flat when i said this i may sound racist but i apologize she's like a black irish yeah yeah she does yeah you know and she's a just beautiful girl and and so but she's grounded in that yeah and she's a She's okay. The one thing that I've always, you know, whether you realize it or not, you really can, you really can and should learn from your kids. Yeah, I believe that. Your kids can teach you so So much much. about life and things. And identify who you identify with. Because the one thing, the one thing about my two youngest, now our two oldest, they, they were solidified of who they were from the womb. From the womb. I promise (laughs) you. From the womb. They just. (laughs) They <laughs> decided, old. you know, this is what we are. This is what we are from the womb. Rock with it to get out my way, and truly don't care. Don't like, care, and we'll roll you right on over. <laughs> Seriously, like we'll hit you with their car and keep and it keep moving. it on moving. But our youngest, they, but with them, they taught me that it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to, to have all the answers. It's okay not to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be okay with who you are. Yeah. It's okay with not being the same yeah you know it's okay with being different yeah it's okay with not fitting the mold that people think you should fit and it's okay mom and dad to just be our advocates and not just our parents yeah it's okay to just let us vent and don't have something to say and don't fix everything and don't fix everything and i think that's where i would say to parents be careful because sometimes that's not what the kids want they just want you to let them vent and not fix everything. And so what I with you, they they taught me to my identity is who I am, not the title that I am to right. them, that I'm so much more outside of that. And and if you have any kids like us going to get your life because they're not changing and identify yeah. yourself as who you are, not just as a mom or a dad or whatever, but the essence and the core of who you are, because your kids will change the game on you. And here's the thing. Here's the the Nash little secret um, that nobody likes to talk about. Mm-hmm. Parents really don't know everything. We don't. Ooh, we really you. don't. I'm so glad though. We really don't know it. We really don't have all the answers. Oh, I'm so glad. You know how much pressure it is to always yeah. have the answer. I'm and so and, and here's you, here's here's an even here's darker a little secret. All our, our answers aren't right all the time. Nope, they're not. 
So and that's why it's so dangerous to get caught up in the identity of just being a parent. Or just being a wife. Yeah, or, or just being anything. Yeah, I'm about to say or just being anything. Mm-hmm. It's so dangerous with that because that leaves so much room for destruction because yes. if anything happens and that title goes away, mm-hmm. what are you? What do you do? What do you do at that point? If you know, when your kids become when your kids become grown and they move out the house, Hallelujah. and they become self sufficient and they don't need you, mm-hmm. and they get their own life, and you've been in their business all this time and not yeah. getting and not getting yourself together, and they go from calling you every day mm-hmm. to calling you every other day, Ooh, oh, call you to calling you once a week, week. to calling Suckers. you once a month. See that? No, so now I'm gonna tell you right now, as a mother, <laughs> you already know that when our kids try to call me once a month, everybody getting choked out. Yeah, so including Sanchez. Why well, get choked out? Go though. get your kids. Get your kids to act right. Get that's crazy kids. though. Get your kids to act right. Yeah, but it's I don't. know. I think, like I said, that's why I wanted to kind of have this, and we kind of went everywhere with this. I don't even know if it, the whole conversation but is it, makes sense. Is it what you wanted it to be? Because you want to do identity. Is it? Is this a conversation you wanted to have? Was there more to it? And I'm only asking that because. We do go down so many rabbit holes. Yeah. But I want to make sure that what you needed to come and convey or ask was conveyed and asked. I think the the main thing I wanted to convey um, in this, and hopefully it came across, is that don't confuse your title with your identity. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to step on some toes with this. I don't really care. But what I'm seeing a lot mm-hmm. is that everybody's allowing not everybody but what i'm saying is that it's it's become a common thing Mm -hmm. to allow a title Mm -hmm. or a label Mm -hmm. to get confused with your identity Mm -hmm. where people are getting caught up in 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 heterosexuality homosexuality whatever um um black white whatever whatever christian jew um believer non-believer yeah Everybody's getting caught High up. High hill walker, flat shoe. You know, I want to be some people getting caught up. I want to have a baby. Some women don't want a baby. I mean, there's so many things that people are getting caught up in, and right they're getting now. caught up in these titles mm-hmm. that does not I, that does not identify you. The you know, essence. it it doesn't mm-hmm. because 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 you're a straight male is not your identity. Mm-hmm. It's a check. It's a box. It's a it's a box you check on the application. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're a gay male, that's that's not your identity. Mm-hmm. That's your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Your sexuality and your identity is two different things. Mm-hmm. Because you're a father, mm-hmm. your father is being a father is not your identity. Mm-hmm. A, a father, is, it's a title. Mm-hmm. It's a title that you're blessed with, mm-hmm. but it's a title. Yeah. It does not define you. Right. And what I'm seeing a lot of, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation. Is because what I see, what I what I'm seeing too much of, mm-hmm. is that everybody, once again, not everybody, but we are allowing too much of a title mm-hmm. to dictate who we are. Mm-hmm. So when that title goes away, like you say it all the time with celebrities, mm-hmm. because they have the title of a celebrity or a title of a movie star, mm-hmm. and then once their movie roles start going away, or once their fame starts to dwindle, mm-hmm. they have no idea who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what to do with themselves mm-hmm. because their entire identity was caught up in a job. Mm-hmm. And we we saw it firsthand with our father. Yeah. You first, know, firsthand with him. Firsthand because because understand our father was the was a wonderful man. He was he was funny. He was smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a he had a great heart. 
he was sensitive. He was sensitive yet aggressive. <laughs> All at the same time. All at the same time. Lord Jesus I mean, he was so many things, but the only thing he saw himself as was a transit worker. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from him being on drugs, him coming from humble beginnings. Because I'm not going to say poor. I hate when people say poor beginnings. I mean, yeah. You can say it that way if you want, guys. It's up to you. Um, humble beginnings. And that was a. That job made him feel like he had arrived yeah. above what his family has ever done, which he had accomplished more than his family um, thought of accomplishing in his mind. I don't know my aunts and uncles. I love you, you guys. And so in his eyes. So when it was taken away, it was like, now who am I? Because he had given – he was working so much for transit that he was making more on his overtime than he was than on his record. was coming in um, – as new employees, yeah, you know, and so he identified with that. His identification was, I mean, his 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 tra- t- his title is what he identified himself as a transit worker versus Joseph and who he was and the essence of who he was. And I think when they took the uniform and they took all that away from him, rightfully so, because he was sick, yeah, um, it took a turn. And I think that's what's so dangerous about people who work for corporate America and retire and have not thought about. Anything but that. That I'll, next step. That next step. Because I'll say this. I remember asking mommy, you know, I said, you retired. She came out early. Yeah. You know, she she only had like another year or two, but she wanted to come out early. She said she wanted to retire. So she retired and she did that. And I asked her one day, hey, did, before you retired, and consider, did you think about what was going to be next? What was going to happen next? And she said, no. All I know is I wanted retire, to retire. And then when she retired, she had nothing to do and she was miserable. You know, because she retired to nothing, nothing right. that was planned, because the essence of her was a school teacher. And that's all she knew and taking care of kids and taking care of people. But when it all went away, there was a loss inside of her. And then, by the, and then it was just her and my dad. And when my dad left this earth to be the Lord, then it became this real big void, you know, for her because she's only known herself as his wife and as a school teacher and a mother. And she hadn't etched out anything for herself. So when she retired, she would have something to go to. So I think my final note on that would be for people, for our seasoned people who are going to retire, before you walk out the corporate America door to retire, make sure that you have fortified, not the finance part. I think people think they financially are ready. But I'm talking about for yourself mentally and spiritually ready ready to go home and do absolutely nothing. So have something else like a hobby or a, a business you want to start. Have something. Walk into something other than walking into a chair to sit in. Dang. That was deep. I'm just saying. I just took a sip of water. What was that about? <laughs> so, um, I think the last thing I'm going to say. Was that your final thought? All right. So, she's shaking her head yes as she sips water. So, here's my final. Um, I had a conversation with um, a, a friend of mine about last week. I will say about last week. And we were having a conversation about identity. And he made a comment that, you know, he's not sure who he is. Um, he said because, you know, he's been so many different things to so many different people that he's not sure anymore who he is. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that having that conversation with him, the one thing I said to him was, you know, a, a lot of times we find it hard to know who we are because we're not having the conversation with the right person. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave him an analogy. So I said, so if you build something, you make something, you invent something, something that hasn't been there before, you invent something. Mm-hmm. You know, no one can come to me and ask me, how to fix what you invented mm-hmm. because I didn't make it. Right. So what happens is that we always have these conversations with people who did not create us mm-hmm. to know 
what our purpose was. What were we yes. designed to do? Right. So my final thought is have a conversation with your creator. Mm-hmm. What you need to do, if you're not sure of your identity, if you're not sure of who you are, if you're only defined by your labels and you're not sure how to come out of that, that particular situation, then have an have a honest and true conversation with God mm-hmm. because he is your creator. Yeah. He made you. Only he can truly tell you what you were designed to do, mm-hmm. what your what you design, what would the purpose you were designed for to do, because the most common misconception on life is that we we're we're just here just to be here. Yeah. No one. Trust me, I don't care who it is, whether it's a homeless person or whether it's a, per, a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Everyone has a purpose on this earth. Everyone has a divine appointment. Everyone has a reason to be here. So, and if you're not sure what your identity is, have that conversation. So that's going to be my final thought. I got one more. What's up? Talk to me. It is like, um, I'll just think about this when you were talking too. When you said that, I said, that's good, Sanchez. That's good. I got to say this on top of it. It's like a person who is an actress and they be, they've been an actress all their life. And then one day they roll up and make a, a CD. Right. They're singing. They got five songs, six songs, and they're singing. And But people can't understand, relate to that now because you came in saying that you were this thing. This you identified thing. thing as an actress. Right. So when you switch gears, people don't know how to accept you. But one thing I learned listening to Denzel when they say that um, he's an actor, he's this, and he always says, no, I'm actually a, I'm an artist, basically. Right. I'm an artist. Because when you say I'm an artist, that means that any of those genres from painting I to whatever, I can touch. But when you say you're just an actor, and you say that, and, you, and you've and you played this role for a long time. You've seen those actors, actors that played the role for 15 years, so when they try to play another role, Typecast. you'd be like... But for real, she's still like Vanessa from the Cosby Show. Yeah. I can't, even, I can't even take her seriously right Ma- now. No matter what Malcolm Jamal wanted does, he, he will always be Theo. Theo. He and will always be Theo. Lo- but this is the crazy because now he's on the Resident. I think it is. Yeah, the Resident. The Resident, and he's doing so well. But it took me a long time not to make him little Theo. Right. When he switched gears into drama and seriousness, you know, and so or to see him on Def Jam. Doing poetry. Doing poetry. He does poetry. And actually, he's very, very good. good. He's a very good and poet. And to see him on Facebook, and he's a musician. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because so, he's an artist. Because he's an artist. And I think, so the core, the foundation of who he is, he's not an actor, he's an artist. That's the core, the foundation of his who he is. That's, right. He, he can identify with that, and so he can touch everything. But once he said, I'm an actor, no one wanted him to see him do anything else. That was it. And to switch gears would be so wrong, because they've already basically... Put his title there as an yeah. actor. Put him with the Cosby Show, and that's all he better do. Yeah. Anything else, I can't take him seriously. I like that. So. So. No, actually. So yeah. So. So don't get typecast as a mother. Mm-mm. Don't get typecast as a father. Don't get typecast as an employee. Don't get typecast as a boss, because you are an artist. You're an artist. I like that. And we're going to end it right there. We're going to end it. I like that. We're going to end it. So, family, thank you guys once again. Thank Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Um, Thank you for listening to us. Hopefully you gleaned something from it. Um, As always, we consider ourselves an interactive podcast. What that means is that you can find us on the socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. All in the Crenshaw Corner. You can reach out to us via our email address at thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. Once again, thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. You can listen to us either on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podbean, on Google Play Music, on iHeartRadio, 
or you can listen to us on our own personal website at www.thecrenshawcorner.com. And family, welcome to our journey. We love you guys. Bye.